welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. Okay, so I'm going to pray and then um, I have notes. They're Holy Ghost notes. Some people do speak without notes, but I like my notes because I don't want to miss anything. Because when I'm hearing from God, I want to get it all in. So you'll hear God through Carol terminology. So praise God. Amen. So Father, I thank you um, for this message um, that you've given me. I thank you, Lord. You're always, you always give it to me first for me to take heed of. Um, but Lord, I thank you that um, it will be received today. It will be um, embraced um, and it will be acted upon accordingly in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is the first time I have been um, up speaking from I've been back from lockdown. And I said, God, what do you want me to speak on? And um, the first the first word he gave me was the word regroup. Um, and you know, it's a military term. It means to reorganize after a defeat or a setback or a battle. So it sort of, he took me on a journey from there, but he'd been speaking to me a long time about other things, which you'll hear later. So, uh, four things. This is what I believe the Lord said to me. He wants us to be continually regrouping as and when needed with every joint supplying. We're to stay strong by not forsaking the gathering of the saints, for there's power in the gathering. And we've to, we've to learn to be adaptable without compromise. And um, so the title of my message is um, Teamwork Makes the Dream Work. There's power in the gathering. Amen. So it isn't a teachy message, and it's not a preachy message. I believe on Friday night I said, I was coming down to worship team practice, and I said, Lord, what I, I have this message. I've had it in my heart for, for all weeks and uh, I, I said Lord what what is this message because it isn't preaching and I'm not teaching and he said it's a word of exhortation to the church so it is a word of encouragement it's a word to encourage you and to stir you into action that's what the Lord said to me so as I said regroup in the military sense to reorganize um, f- from battle or a setback and I mean there's probably people here I mean I know that um, we all have setbacks in life who hasn't had a setback and who isn't maybe this moment in a battle? You could be in the battle of your life and no one knows, only you and God. You know, we all struggle with things, but, but that's okay. Um, so I want to, um, I want to just focus on BCC at the minute. Because, um, for those of you that don't know, for the last three years, we've had, we've had setback after setback. And I'm going to just give you a wee timeline of how BCC, um, approached the setback how we gathered, how we supplied, and how we adapted. So I'm, I'm going to put my specs on for this. Yes, so it was uh, the 19th of October, um, 2017. I came into work and our ceiling was down. It was the, the just after the very bad storms. And it was just so bad. It was just a mess. And um, we had to get the loss adjusters in um, the insurance company. Philemon and Rachel were due to be married just a couple of weeks later. Um, Jim and Kate were due to be married the next month, and none of that could take place because it was such a mess. Um, so um, we had to move everything out of the sanctuary, and uh, we stayed in the foyer for as long as we could, do you remember? 
uh, the, the foyer all our wee tight space and it was quite claustrophobic um, but we did it, we moved out there and then on the 9th of December we moved to Queen's Parade um, thank God for Queen's Parade who graciously gave us their church they had their service from 10 to 11 um, and then let us move into their, their sanctuary put all our equipment up because we worship differently but we still worship God so they let us do all that and, uh, and they were so kind, they were so kind. So we moved in there, and then June 18, we came back to BCC, still out in the foyer, and um, then we stayed there until um, October the 6th, 2018, pastor's birthday. We were back in Queen's Parade. This time we were upstairs, um, where we'd have, we would have met for tea and coffee. And uh, then we came back to BCC and had our Christmas Day service, 2018, do you remember that? Um, we were facing, we were facing that way, facing that way. Yeah, out there, we were looking towards the kitchen. So, and we stayed there until the sanctuary was semi, you know, we could have it, live in it or work in it and whatever. So, um, and I have to also say thank you to the, uh, you know who you are, the precious people who practically built this from the floor up. Praise God it was done. But that was three years. And we never once missed a service. Never once. Never. And that was faithful people, every joint supplying. We had to move all that equipment down to Queen's Parade. We had to put it up. And not me personally, but the guys had to take it back every single Sunday. And they did that faithfully every week for months and months. That is real commitment and that's, that's dedication. And praise God, that's the kind of church that, that you're in, in Bangor Community Church. Um, so that was fine. And then on the, where are we? Yeah, 27th of November. Now, we did get into the sanctuary, but the stage hadn't been done. Do you remember? We had our, our praise and worship facing that way. But on the Sunday, the 27th of November, 2019, we moved into the sanctuary properly. And we all faced this way. And we had the wonderful stage. If you were here before, you know, this is so big compared to what we had. And um, so we moved in on the, the 27th of November 2019 and we began our praise and worship and our services and it was glorious and things were going from better to better. We had um, vision for the future, we were planning to get our PA equipment. We had also many visions and dreams and then came a thing called COVID-19 and it just came like that and it's just swept around the world and on the 22nd of March two, um, 2020, we had our last service here and it was it was Mother and Sunday and it was so sad because you know a lot of people were beginning just because they had to self-isolate and stuff and there was just a, a real I just cried my heart was broke because we didn't know when we were going to see each other again it, it was everywhere was put into lockdown indefinitely it was an awful time um, for Christians because we, we just missed that fellowship and, and that being together um, but anyway, we embraced that and uh, we adapted. I'm going to tell you how, but I need it. So we had to change, we had to change and adapt um, to COVID and to the law for the government. So <clears throat> it began with Deborah giving up a room in her house um, to be turned into a recording studio. 
and we had the fun trap family with all their instruments. I, whenever I watched YouTube, I thought, I wonder if people think they're not social distancing. I don't think they might have realised that was all one family on all the musical instruments. But they did praise and worship for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks until they were able to come in safely, social distance here where needed, and record. So they did that faithfully, and Deborah never minded. God bless you for that, Deborah. Um, she didn't mind, so she used wires everywhere and all sorts of things. And so we did that. We had Tash, um, the Generation Kids. They did um, their, their teaching, and their sketches were so funny. And their singing, and uh, they kept the children's ministry alive. Um, they did. Um, she did the mothers and toddlers. They had their sing-alongs and their wee stories still for the mums and tots. Um, we had um, we had our daily, um, our own daily word for today for seventy days. And, and I have to give a big shout out to Chris. Thank you so much for the tremendous graphics. Chris never knew what I was writing in those days, but he just seemed to hear my heart, because his picture always corresponded to the message, so thank you for that, it was just wonderful. Um, and then we had um, we had prayer on Zoom. Who who liked prayer on Zoom? No, nobody liked, it was just, oh, it was just so hard, wasn't it? And I had to, I was up in the loft, and the signal wasn't bad, so I'd be praying, I'd be cutting out, it was just like a bad, a bad video. But we did it, and we prayed, and uh, we gathered together, even though it was virtual. And uh, then we had, um, we were out delivering cards, you know, to, to people, you know, offering assistance, you know, if we could, um, if we, could we get shopping for you? Do you need medication picked up? Anyone that was isolating or shielding? Um, we, we put hundreds and hundreds of cards around the doors. We got hampers to people who, um, were housebound and, and we did all that together. And then we had our Sunday services. We had, so you think a Sunday service that you have here was moved to the digital platform. So it, the worship had to be recorded at David's. Um, then someone else would have to record the announcements. Um, then we had our declarations. I love those because that was another nice way of seeing everybody because everyone got sent a scripture and you made a declaration. And, and it was lovely just to see different faces every week. Uh, so we had that, and uh, then we had the word again um, being shared, and all the visuals along with it. And all this was done by uh, just a handful of people, people who took it and edited everything to make it work. And it just got better and better. And see, by like the last um, couple of weeks of lockdown, they were like Hollywood productions, weren't they? They were really quite spectacular. Uh, they were just so well done and so well edited. So we all grew in that time, and that, that was great, um, because we couldn't have done that 50 years ago. You just couldn't have. You know, if your church was shut, it was shut. But, you know, COVID did what um, the Spanish flu couldn't do, SARS couldn't, swine flu. It shut churches down, and that, that was a sad, sad day. So we adapted, and because we had to, because the law required us to. But it was only ever meant to be short term, and here's why. Um, Hebrews 20, um, 10, 24, and 25, Ryan. Okay, I'll read this for you. Let us um, consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. So... I'm going to read that from the Passion Translation. So it reads, Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. We were doing that over lockdown. 
We do it all the time here in Bangor Community Church. This is not the time to pull away and neglect the meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. Amen? We need each other. Um, in fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage each other onward um, as we anticipate that day dawning. So another, the, I think it's the Barclays translation um, of that is to spur each other on and to positively irritate each other. So if I positively irritate you today by my message, I've done the job, praise God. Now, if I've irritated you for some other reason, see me afterwards. <laughs> no, no. So... And just when Paul wrote, um, when Paul wrote them in Hebrews 10, he was that, when he wrote that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote that to, um, the Jews who had converted to Christianity. And it was a hard time being a Christian living in a Jewish community. They were persecuted, they were beaten, they were sometimes killed, they were shunned. And, um, you know, Paul wrote this, don't forsake the gathering of the assembly, because see, when, whenever the, um, the, their opponents, the, you know, the Jews saw them missing their gatherings. They thought we've won, you know, the, per- we've, the persecution and what we're doing is working. You know, we'll keep we'll keep doing it and they'll not gather together. So Paul says, don't forsake the gathering of the assembly, um, because he knows that there's power in the gathering. Praise God. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, I'm sure people, most people, most Christians will have heard of him. He was a Christian pastor and he was, um, he was, uh, he was executed by the Nazis. He was hanged. Um, he was implicated in the plot to assassinate Hitler. And this is what he wrote about being together. Um, he said, the physical presence of other Christians is a source of incomparable joy and strength to the believer. You just, you cannot get that digitally. Just, physically talking to someone, and COVID robbed us of that, the joy of being physically together for 111 days. Isn't that just, oh my goodness. Um, so God knows what he's doing, you know, when he commands the gathering of the saints. And last week, Pastor Karen mentioned Andrew Womack, um, you know, because he's fighting, he's taking, um, you know, the government to court there because he's not allowed to open his church. He said, church is not optional. It is essential and we minister to people far beyond their physical needs. And that's true. Look at the praise and worship. That does more than minister to my physical needs. That ministers to my very, my very soul. Um, John 10.10, um, 10, you know, if you read this in the Amplified Version, I remember such a revelation to me reading this in the Amplified Version. One time during prayer, prayer meeting actually, um, it was the thief, um, I'm paraphrasing it, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I came, so the thief comes, so it's a, he's always going to come. The devil's always going to come. He is always going to come. But Jesus came. He only needed to come once. Amen. So always remember that. Um, but you know, every day, you know, the minute you open your eyes, he's out to steal your day. He's out to destroy your day. He's out to kill your day. Um, and that's, that's just what the, the enemy does. Um, but uh, that's why we need the gathering of the saints. And thank God for modern technology, as I say, has enabled us to do it. And it's just so awesome that we can send a text or, or pick up the phone or email someone. But again, it's that physical, um, the joy of actually talking to someone. Because even a text, you can't see a facial expression uh, on the phone as well. And you can't, you know, a, a text doesn't... You can't hear the sincerity, you know, even though the text, you know, you could, you could sort of understand it, but there's, it's just better to be together. Um, 
So William Wilmont, he was a chaplain at Duke University. I want to tell you this story. So he was invited to preach at an inner city church service. So the service was long, lasting two and a half hours. He's never been to ours. <laughs> when it was finally over, he was exhausted. And he said to the pastor, why do these people stay in church so long? And his friend replied, unemployment runs nearly 50% here. This means that when our people go about during the week, everything they see and everything they hear tells them you're a failure. You're nothing because you do not have a good job. You do not have a nice car and you do not have any money. So I must get their eyes focused on Christ through hymns, the prayers, the preaching. I say to them, this is a lie. You are royalty. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. It takes me a long time to get them straight because the world perverts them so terribly. And the world is constantly pressuring Christians um, to conform to their values. So God counters this in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. That's why he encourages us to be together. And this isn't just meeting <coughs> a Sunday because, as Michaela said, we have, um, we have our Sunday service. We have free prayer here from half ten to quarter to 11, and then we have um, our Tuesday night prayer meetings. Um, Charles Spurgeon, he said, prayer is the engine room of the church, and corporate prayer has never been more important in these days. And um, I just read today that the churches in England are going into lockdown from Thursday. Churches as well, the whole of England and the UK, um, for a whole month. So we are just privileged just to be able to gather here even now. You know, and of course there's your individual prayer, and keep your individual prayer life going, but the gathering of the saints is where there's power. And I kid you not, if for the last two weeks, um, there has been half the church at the prayer meetings, it has been outstanding. Outstanding. It's just, there's just an, uh, an urgency, and, and people are aware that it's the sign of the times and the days that they're living in. And uh, they're, they're, they're hearing that call to prayer because, you know, the prayer is, is the engine and that's where we change things. Amen. So, you know, after well, they did it, the elders did like a poll of sorts um, to find out what was better, you know, what they suited. Um, so uh, Tuesday seemed to be the best for the majority. Now, of course, Tuesday won't work for everybody. Um, and it's not, you know, not everybody, but the majority of people could come on a Tuesday. Um, for some, you know, Tuesdays they can't get out for, for whatever reason, um, but and that's okay because there's no bondage. You you come to prayer because you want to, not because if I don't come, I'll get a text from Pastor Karen or something. So, um, but if you don't come, if there's no reason for you not to come to a prayer meeting on Tuesday, I'm going to quote you, Curry Blake, um, um, and you will be offended. If something is important, you make a way. If it's not, you'll make an excuse. That stings, doesn't it? Because it stung me when I read it. If something is important to you, you will make a way. If it is not, you'll make an excuse. And I went through, when that prayer was on a Sunday, I was so tired on Sunday, strained me. I, um, you know, and I think now, my goodness, I was pastor in the 80s, doing a whole Sunday night to prayer. I would just say to myself, for a, I went through a wee season, I'll put my hand up, I'll say, oh Lord, I'll pray at home because um, I'm so tired or it's too cold. 
lame, lame excuses. And of course, I could pray on my own, but there's nothing better than praying together. Um, so it's what's important to you, um, you'll, you'll do. And I know, because Robin, I'm sure, alluded to it, I love a bargain. And see, when there's two sales I go to every year. There's Boots, um, 70% Boots, 75%, and Marxies, 90%. And I tell you, when I know they're on, I make sure I change my agenda to get to those. I am in the queue with my trolley before the doors open. So I know that that's important to me. So you're, you don't kid a kidder, I promise you. So um, there's Amanda, our precious friend, and I give her all the notes so she's reading this. She has been deaf from birth, and she comes here to the prayer meeting. She can't sing like us. She can't hear the awesome praise and worship, but she can sign, and she can worship in her own sign language, and she waves her flag, and she worships God. And you know, she hears from God, and when she does, she writes it down, and she'll hand it to one of us, and we'll read it out. So, praise God. What's stopping you coming to the prayer meeting? Yes, and they've taken off. And you know the wee saying, seven days without church makes one week. You weak, aren't you? Get that? You are awake this morning. So, I, because I love history, I, and, um, I just, I just love facts. I, I'm not always good at retaining them, hence my notes. But I wanted to give you, um, I wanted to stir you, your heart today. And I wanted to take it from the Second World War. Because I love, I love the whole, <laughs> Robin's, stop. All the, the, I love the Second World War. Robin always says I, I sing along to the Andrews sisters. But there was just something about that, that whole generation. They just, um, they were so, they just worked as one. They had a, they had a, a yes we can spirit. They just, they just sacrificed and they went through so much and they did it all together. Every joint supplying and, and people moving out of their comfort zones even and, and doing stuff. But anyway, so, um, I, I want to give that, so an example of a setback, um, where they had to, um, regroup every joint supplying and how they adapt it. And so I'll set the scene. So on the 12th of May, 1940, Hitler, um, his Blitzkrieg lightning war was, he was turned through Europe and he got to, um, he got to France by the 18th of May and they had reached nearly the English Channel. So the British and the French and the Belgian, um, the, the governments, they'd underestimate it. Just how fast. That's what Blitzkrieg means, lightning. It was just super fast. They were just moving so quick. Um, and so, they underestimated um, the speed of their opponent and uh, they, they were overwhelmed. And as a result, um, and also um, Belgium had um, capitulated, they'd surrendered. So as a result, they had to retreat. So the British expeditionary forces and their allies started to move backwards and they ended up at the, the channel port of Dunkirk. So they had the Germans coming from them, um, uh, coming from them and they had the channel at their back. Do you know a story about that in the Bible? The Egyptians and the Israelis, Israel, Israelites, sorry. And so, defeat and capture. So, there were only nine months into the, the war. So, defeat and capture, it seemed inevitable. It was going to happen. So, the British government came up with this, um, this plan called Operation Dynamo. And they said, even if we can get 30,000 of those soldiers, because there was over 400,000 on the beaches. So, they thought, if we can get 30,000 of those soldiers, uh, that would be a miracle. And, you know, so dire was the situation that the Queen's father, King George VI, um, he did a radio broadcast on the 23rd of May, and uh, he called for a national day of prayer. 
and not only for Britain, for the whole Commonwealth, and that was to take place on Sunday, the 26th. Go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. The Empire responds to the King's call, and at Westminster Abbey, heart of the Empire, the statesmen, the soldiers, the ambassadors, and hundreds of ordinary men and women join the mighty congregation. Her Majesty Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands arrives a few moments before their Majesties. No one here today could foresee the grave news that has come from Belgium. All the more, it is well for us to show the world that we still believe in divine guidance, in the laws of Christianity. May we find inspiration and faith from this solemn day. Isn't that just outstanding? They were queuing. There was millions queued to um, to gather together for that, that day of prayer. And um, so, you know, and they were full of fear, remember? A lot of those, um, that generation had only, um, they had just come through World War One, and that was the war to end all wars, and there, here was another world war in their lifetime. So there was a lot of fear about, and uh, you can nearly equate that to what's happening at the minute with um, COVID-19, because although COVID um, is recognised, this, this 19, this new strain, no one knows anything about it. So at the beginning, there was a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety, because we didn't know uh, what we were dealing with, and, and I don't know if they really do now, but Churches are, you know, churches are, people are starting to come to church because they're frightened and they need, they need that comfort and they need that reassurance. So anyway, um, anything that could float then, um, set sail, um, it's made its way from Britain to, um, Dunkirk. So ships, boats, anything, all shapes and sizes, um, they went, um, and from the 26th of May to the 4th of, um, the 4th of June, 900, approximately 933 boats sailed back and forward to rescue the stranded soldiers. So um, this is the effect of a day of prayer, I believe. My logic would tell you, no, but we know um, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I believe this was an answer to the prayers um, on the, the day of prayer. So in nine days, they managed by a miracle to rescue 338,000 Allied troops. Isn't that awesome? So that was the, they say the three miracles of Dunkirk, so that was the first one. The second one was that the, the Luftwaffe, um, they, um, they were grounded because the weather was so bad. Storms came in and it grounded. So, um, they couldn't pick off the soldiers that were, you know, lining the, 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 the beach ports. And, um, and the third, um, thing was the English Channel remained still and silent for nine days. And they got them all. They got them all out. And of course, um, they left everything behind. They left their, um, their equipment, their ammunition, their guns. Everything they literally just left what was on their back. So Britain were, were it really um, they had to regroup very quickly because they had nothing left. And then um, literally four weeks later, on the tenth of July, then Hitler's Luftwaffe began um, the Battle of Britain, his air campaign, because he wanted to invade um, Britain. He got to France, he got to Europe, and he wanted Britain. So they. Um, the Battle of Britain, it lasted three months and three weeks, and Britain was vastly outnumbered because, um, we all know history tells us that, you know, Hitler had been secretly rearming for years before. So he, they had a massive, um, they had a massive air force. Now, I've looked, I, it's around about 2,591 German planes. That's what they had assembled for this Battle of Britain. Um, Britain had 1,960. 
Um, so desperate was Britain. They were really desperate. Um, they asked um, mothers and housewives, you know, any spare pots and pans, anything with metal in it, bring to us because we could make a plane. Who would want to fly on that plane? And Lord, uh, you know, so for the first two years, um, Britain, you know, they had to adapt. They were all alone um, with their allies fighting Hitler because America hadn't come into the war at this time. Um, so they could only stand alone because they had the support of the people. They all mucked in and everyone did things that, w- that weren't really, they weren't comfortable with. Women went to farm the land. They went to work in munition factories um, that while the men went to war. So all the rules were sort of changed, but everyone mucked in and that was just that spirit. Um, and they had no no choice but to adapt. They had to adapt to rationing. Um, you know, and I remember my daddy saying, I think he didn't see a banana till he was 13 or something, you know, so... They were, they were, everything was scarce. They didn't have the luxuries that we have now that we take for granted. I think that's why I, I really love that generation. They, they had a, um, you know, such a, a stoicism about them. They just said, we will get through this. And, um, so, and they adapted to the air raids and stuff like that. Um, so there was a great spirit during the war and everyone was working towards a common goal and that was to win the war. And that's, that's my, we version of every joint supplying. You know, they adapted to, to what they find themselves in. And they did it so well because we won the war, praise God. So keeping morale on the home front, it was it was um it was a major role for winning the war because if the soldiers knew that their families were coping okay, it, it stirred them on. Let's get this war over over quickly. That's why God commands, don't forsake the gathering of the saints, because he knows the morale of the believer. We all we all need, um, you know, to be together, being a like mind. Um, yes, so every joint supplies. I began by saying um, God wants BCC. This is, I really believe this is from the Lord. He wants us to, to just continue to regroup. And, you know, it, it's a military term, and saying we're on sort of the military theme. You know, you know in war, um, you get conscripted. It's non-negotiable. That You know, once they... The, in the Second World War, as with other wars, once their um, their army um, they exhausted their army supplies, they had to go after fighting men. Anyone from sixteen who could walk, basically, and you know they were conscripted, so you had no choice. But when you join the Lord's army, you come because you want to, not because you have to. There's no conscription. You enlist as a volunteer, and, and I enlisted as a volunteer. Praise God. And in every army, you keep rank, you don't murmur, and you honour the chain of command. Um, you know, and when you enlist in the army, you're handed a uniform, so we're all together. Uh, but in God's army, you're handed Ephesians six thirteen to seventeen, the armour of the Lord. Amen. So, and also um, another thing, staying on the military theme. You know, soldiers go an hour and hour, and they might go on sick leave, but they never abandon their posts, and they never go away. Well, isn't that right? So make no mistakes, Christians, we are in the battle of our lives. God is rallying BCC to regroup, stay strong, stand together and every joint supplying. Notice scripture says every joint supplying, not just my joint, it takes us all, it takes all parts of the body. We've had lots of teaching on how your body works and, and how you know your finger needs your hand. And so we know all that. We've we've been taught that in the church. Um so you know, it's every joint supplies. So if God sets the members in the body as he pleases, he's put you here, if you believe BCC is your home, um, he's put you here uh, to be a joint that supplies. There's no one useless in the kingdom of God. Um, you know, he has, we have 
people with talents and abilities. You might even have a hidden talent and ability. I remember um, like years and years ago, um, we had presbytery. It was it was way before it was way before computers really had started to come out, and did. Charles Green actually said to me, I see you sitting at a keyboard creating. And I thought, I don't play the piano. I was thinking musical, because computers hadn't come. And uh, it was actually Robin bought me my first computer, um, like maybe a couple of years later, but I hadn't got a clue. Because there was no, in that day, there was no, he could see me creating, but he couldn't see. I thought it was a piano, obviously. But now I know it was me sitting typing on my computer. That's that's what God was meaning for me. So that was always in me and it came out and there's something in you that you know you have a gift and a talent um, and that need, the house needs and you know you might you might know what it is. If you know what it is and you're not functioning it, get yourself functioning in it. Um, you know so we all have purposes and uh, we all have talents and ability you know and the, I've put some down. These are just what came off the top of my head, you know. Hospitality. We have people that are so hospitable in this house. That's a real gift. Um, they're, you know, compassion, encouragement, creativity, steward and crest, children's ministry. There's loads of things to do, um, in the church. Um, so you ask God, you know, what's my part in BCC? You know, what do you want to do? One of Robin's, um, favorite, uh, preachers was Jack Coe. I think it's more his story. Robin loves Jack Coe. So Jack Coe, he was a healing um, revivalist in the 1940s and 50s. He he was really one of the first to use the big big tent um, revival meetings, and he was a contemporary of Oral Roberts. But he, um, they called him the reckless man of faith. But he started off as a janitor. He was the cleaner um, in, in his church, and yet God used him. So God will use anyone for his glory. Um, so don't, don't you know, see see yourself and think, oh, I couldn't do that. Yes, you can. If God has called you to do it, he will enable you. And you know, don't think I can't do that because God doesn't know um, what I'm really like. Yes, he does. God knows what you're really like. And he still wants to use you. You know, he takes all sorts. And God sees past beyond where you are. So you need to start to see yourself as God sees you. Um, you know, so battles and setbacks, they're part and parcel of daily life. And we can choose to, we can choose to stay close and regroup. Or, um, or we can um, just bow down and accept defeat. But I'll remind you again what Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of kindness and compassion. Doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we need to come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. So we, we know um, the COVID battle has taken place. And, and you know, it's, it's um, strange how it's set families against each other. You know, I know, I know in like, not wrong, but like me and my girls, we have heated debates about this. COVID virus, neighbours have, it's turned neighbours against neighbours, neighbours have reported their neighbours, some rightly so, and then Christians have reported churches out of malice, what is happening, um, to, to, what's happening to life as we know it, but then these things don't come as a surprise, because Jesus said all these things would happen, so um, 
I just want to, to just say, church is a safe place for you. Church will equip you, it will strengthen you, it will encourage you, it will support you and grow you. And in return, you'll take up your place in the body of Christ. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10. Um, Two are better than one, because they have a more satisfying return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and does not have another to lift him up. You see, your church needs you now more than ever, and you need your church now more than ever, isn't that right? Um, so I'm basically finishing. Um, but anyway, I'm opening the altar. The worship team's going to play one song, and then we're going to close. If if we can agree in prayer for anything, if you have any need and you want us to pray with you, please, um, again, that's Body Ministry, come up um, and feel free. And uh, again, just a reminder to come out on Tuesday night. Oh, you will not be um, sorry you did so. It's just, and it's socially distanced and, and we take precautions. You, you will come out to prayer and you'll feel safe. Um, so Father, I, I thank you. Um, I thank you, Lord, that we all have a purpose and plan um, in your kingdom, but more so in the local church. So I thank you, Father, um, that Bangor Community Church is a place that is um, can adapt to setbacks. We can regroup. We can adapt and we can um, gather together, Lord God. So, Father, thank you. Um, thank you for every person who has heard this message today. I thank you, Lord, that they'll take from it what they need and they'll pass it on to others. And, uh, Lord, we just exalt you and magnify your name. There is no other place in the world I would rather be right now than gathering with the saints, Lord God. So, Father, bless every person. Bless their week. Um, speak to them. Minister to them. Meet them at their point of need. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps in blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.